When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Peak to Pit. I am Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger heading into, is this week six or week seven, week six of the college football season, which is crazy. The good news is for you diehard SEC and Big 12 fans, it's not that far into the season for you. What a great weekend of games though, TJ. We got to see some really, really good football. Yeah, I had been whining and moaning and complaining about how the first few weeks of the college football season weren't very good. And then the first week of the SEC wasn't, you know, just like the world on fire good. And so this week finally was finally had a lot of good games, a lot of close games. Um, and it really was fantastic. Uh, and I think this week coming up gets even better. So there's um, some great games coming up this weekend. The pick'em is going to be fun this week. We always do that at the end of the show. Let's let's flip it and let's okay. do let's do this backwards. All right, um, I'm here for it. Real wild over here. So, recapping last week, we both picked UF to cover. They did not, so we missed it. Um, Thanks a lot. That's the problem with these big problem with these big spreads is yeah. mm-hmm. UF completely dominated both Ole Miss and South Carolina. The games were never in question. Correct. Um, but because of late scores, right. uh, UF, you know, UF could have very easily not covered against Ole Miss, right? Stopped a fourth down on the goal line to prevent that, and then didn't cover against South Carolina because again, late garbage time scores. So, um, but anyway, didn't didn't cover there. Uh, Tennessee, Missouri. I picked Tennessee. You picked Missouri. Tennessee did cover there. We flip flopped. I picked A and M who looked good for two drives, uh, mm-hmm. but then fell apart. You picked Bama. They covered 17 and a half. Um, you took Auburn. I took Georgia. Georgia did end up covering and really beat Auburn by a lot more Soundly. than I thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. Beat the heck out of them. So uh, definitely have some thoughts on UGA as we get a little deeper into the pod. And then we both took Oklahoma, um, which was incorrect. Iowa State upset them, gave them their second loss of the year. That's pretty crazy. Uh, um, shocking, right? That is uh, Oklahoma always loses one they shouldn't. Shocking to see them lose two in a row in the very beginning, though. 
Yeah, both of their Big Twelve games, they've yeah. they've dropped. Do you know um, that all but one team has lost in the Big Twelve already, and we're only two games into the Big Twelve season? And that last one is who? who it's is Oklahoma that? State, who? right? Oklahoma State. So I mean, I guess if they run the table, they're they're in. Um, yeah, they're not going to run the table. I don't foresee but... them running the table, but um, I've always been a big Mike Gundy fan, so I wouldn't have a problem with that. I like his mullet. Um, I just like that he's not. I would like if they ran the table and Texas and Oklahoma didn't. Like that right. would be Amusing. a fun thing to cheer yeah. for. Yeah. And then uh, the last one, you took Jacksonville State. I took FSU, uh, and FSU did not cover. Um, FSU barely won, spread. let alone cover that. FSU big won by FSU won by seventeen. So we'll get oh into that gosh. game. But like a three score win. Is not barely winning. Florida oh, State. Won. If you watched that game, you Florida know State that they won. barely won. Florida State won by more than UF has in any game this year. So Jacksonville State. Let's not start with the barely. I didn't mention the opponent. I just said I know they because won that's relevant to the argument. They they won by more than Florida has yet this year. So, um, so we both went two and five last week. Not a great. <laughs> not that's, a good that can't, showing. It can't be can't right. Be we right. only picked six games. Two of six. Is that the way to say there it? Yeah, we both went yeah. two of six. Right. Uh, so we and went so two and four season, is the other way so to say that. For the season, we are nine of 24. Yikes. Um, not Don't put great. money on the things that we say, y'all. Yeah. Unfortunately, not- we are, but... Not great there. Um, nine of twenty-four. That breaks down to be three of eight. So just under fifty percent, if you look at it that way. Not really, uh, but it's kind of the thirty-nine percent is kind of what that ends up being. So not great, but I'm sure this will be the week that we get back on track. Yeah. Um, UNC minus five and a half against Virginia Tech. I don't think UNC is very good. They barely beat Boston College, who is not very good last week. I think they have all the hype in the world. Um, but I also think Virginia Tech's not very good. So I'll take UNC here. All right. Well, I'll flip that up and I'll take uh, Vautech then. Somebody has to be right in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma minus two and a half against Texas. I don't God. have any faith in Oklahoma, but I also don't have any faith in Texas. I, know. And I like Oklahoma to win the game. So if I like them to win a close game, I like them to cover two okay. and a half. Well, I'm going to take Texas. So we'll have another I'm one where they'll be a winner. Of me every game. Uh, Liberty minus 19 and a half against ULM. Uh, I'm never Liberty picking is... against Liberty again. <laughs> Told you that already. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, Liberty is going to pick up their fourth win this weekend, which is probably more than Florida State will win the entire year. So in four games, Liberty 4-0. Oh. Yeah, I'll just have to transition everything from garnet to gold to red, white, and blue. So um, UF minus six and a half at Texas A&M. Taking the Gators. Yeah, I like UF here. Um, I could easily see Texas A&M you know, bouncing back and covering. I think their offense will do better against Florida's defense, but I, you know, it, I like Florida to win. And so the chances of them, you know, winning by like two or three are pretty low. So I like them to cover the spread. Um, Alabama minus 24 and a half at Ole Miss. Uh, I think I'm crazy for this, but I mean, I like Ole Miss to cover this. I think they're going to score just not nearly as much as Alabama does, but they have one of the best offenses in the SEC. And I think that they can, you know, I think Ole Miss can score 17 to 20 points 
And so, you know, I'm basically betting that Alabama doesn't get to like 48 or 50, you know, right. so I'll take Ole Miss here. I'll take Alabama. Um, Clemson minus 14 and a half against Miami. I like Clemson. I am taking Miami. I don't think Miami beats them, but I'm going to take Miami to play them a little bit closer than Vegas says. I think they beat the absolute heck out of Miami. It's not even close. I remember the last time Miami play was number seven and had to play Clemson. Um, they lost 38 to three. And then the last time Miami was seven and had to play um, a number one team, team on the road they lost 41 to 14 against florida state so um i i just have no no confidence actually florida state was not number one in the country they were number two at that point but the last time they had to play the best team in the country they lost 41 to 14 so i have no confidence in miami i think they're all smoke and mirrors uh i like notre dame to cover 21 and a half against fsu yeah me too <laughs> um that, i think that line is not set very well um, like it should be larger. Yeah, but at the same time, Notre Dame hasn't played in three weeks, and they also have a bunch of guys out with COVID. So I mean, there is definitely. Will they still a, have guys out with COVID by the time that game happens? I I don't know. I just don't follow it closely enough to know, you know, like what their protocols are and all right. that at Notre Dame. But I know they have, as of right now, they have seven guys out. Okay. So uh, who those seven guys are. It hasn't you know really been said so I mean the the not playing for three weeks I mean I might like Florida State's first half spread um, for them to to be close to start with Notre Dame having such a long layoff having stuff canceled not being able to practice due to COVID um, I mean they they have practiced some but I might like Florida State's first half spread to come out and like the scripted stuff work for a series or two and the Notre Dame kind of start slow but. I think they end up blowing us out. Obviously, I hope not. But anyway, so we picked seven games this week so that we can rebound and be if – if one of us goes 7-0, and then we'll be 16 for 31. So um, somebody can get over 50% this week. Probably won't happen. But no. um, all right, so we'll get out of the pick and go into a little game review from the weekend. Um, Florida played South Carolina. South Carolina looked – Okay, but game never really in question. Florida wins by was it fourteen? Did they win by? Mm, great question. I gotta even. I don't even remember. Got to pull up the darn scores. Let's see. Um, I, I mean, I will. Uh, this game was never in question. I think that there are um, definitely ways that it was thirty eight twenty four. So yes, one by fourteen. Um, Florida has room to improve, particularly on defense. But this game was never. In question, I, I in fact, I think that score actually on paper looks slightly closer than it maybe felt at times. There was never a point in time where like I felt like my blood pressure was going up because anything was ever in question. Florida's offense is good, like really good, and I um, I think that they actually have a pretty good running game. They didn't use it as much. I think that was by design, though. It wasn't because it wasn't working. I think they probably could have had two hundred yards rushing if they. Uh, you know, uh, fed the running game more than they did. I think that was a that was a choice. Um, Florida's defense has looked pedestrian. We'll say they were still missing most of the players they were missing the first week. I know that the um, lineup looks very different this upcoming week. I haven't studied it outside of the fact that it is very different. So I don't know if these are guys we're getting back or just guys that lost their starting job because of 
you know, the piss poor play that we've had on defense, but I do expect Florida's defense to continue to improve, but this is going to be the best offense they've seen. Actually, I take that back. I don't know if Texas A&M's offense is better than Ole Miss, but this is going to be a better offense than South Carolina. So, uh, you know, I expect this game to be closer than the South Carolina game. Somebody had a tweet this weekend. I don't, I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody had a tweet that in order to beat Florida this year, I mean, you're going to have to put up 35 points a game. And even that wouldn't have been enough, you know, both games. Now, obviously, not that you want to be giving up 35. And, and if you do, it's going to come back to bite you eventually. But and Florida's offense is really, really good. Um, I think Which that the defense a little bit more leniency than they would have had in previous years. Absolutely, because the defense honestly just isn't great so far. There, there's, I mean, we you say to- there's improvement. I, I don't really know because I would rank, you know, Ole Miss as a top two or three, top four offense in the SEC, and I'd rank South Carolina like around nine or ten. So, like, yeah. you know, to give up. So you, when you kind of look at it like that, yes, they gave up less yards, less points, but but against a, a lesser offense, right? To so, give up twenty four points to a, a worse team for the past you know, on their third string quarterback, right? Like he wasn't even the the guy that was supposed to start the year, was he? Right. Like um, he was. Oh, anyway, well, second, so know. it's like their their backup kind of guy. So. So for the past decade, where Florida's defense has been um, exponentially better than their offense, the rule of thumb that I have always used is that if the offense can manage to score 21 points, then that's going to be a victory for Florida because the defense was always so good that it was never giving up more than 21 points. And I think that... um, that is a formula that has to be tweaked for this year. In general, that worked literally for the past decade. That was a, a basically an almost foolproof way of of looking at things because Florida's defense was that good consistently. They're not particularly good right now. They do have the athletes, though. Um, so again, I think that that's somewhere where you're going to see improvement. If you if you notice, so all the way across football, across college football, and really pro football as well, we are seeing these high, higher scoring games, and I really do think that that is due, at least in part, to the fact that most of these teams have not been able to tackle because of COVID. They've not gotten the kind of defensive reps in that you would get in a normal season. Um, so I'll be interested to watch if just in general across the sport, if we start seeing um, scores that are lower in the second half of the season as we did in the first compared to the first half of the season because teams are actually getting real uh, you know helmet to helmet reps, essentially. Um, but like I said, Texas A&M's defense is going to be better than any defense that Florida has seen so far. Um, Texas A&M's offense is at the very least going to be better than South Carolina's offense was. So this will be, you know, a, a semi-decent test. I, I was more scared of Texas A&M prior to watching the Bama game than I was, I am now, but Kyle Field's not an easy place to play, even though, you know, will not be full. Um, and it's a noon game and we've always, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about my feelings on noon games in Florida. Yeah. It's even weirder because it's really an 11 AM kickoff for the, for the Florida guys, right? Like even an hour. Well, that's like it was for the Ole Miss game too. Yeah. An hour earlier than your body feels like it is. It would be, it would, it would really, I don't know if shock me is the right word. Like I, but I would be surprised if, if Florida 
lost this game. Certainly. I think, uh, you know, I've got all I mean, the there's one the game world. that that would not be surprising for Florida to lose on their entire schedule. So if they were to drop this game, it is surprising. Yeah, you go into a te- into a place where you are def- definitely the more talented team. Um, you know, I think this is the best X's nose coach. That yeah, you know, Florida, you keep saying Florida that. I don't know if you noticed all these articles this week where people questioning whether Jimbo Fisher's worth the money and how he just has kind of been a disappointment thus far at Texas A&M. So I- I'm, I'm wondering if we're not going to see that. And if we take away Jameis Winston and the national title, what do we have for the rest of his time there? Um, Like five New Year's Six Bowls, 50-something draft picks. Um, Mark Richt. I mean, but you could say that about every coach in college football Kirk, outside this of this is the highest paid of, coach in college sure. football. So Absolutely. that's a different, but, I mean, that's a different standard. I mean, it is, but he also won. Like you can't just take away. I mean, if you take I understand away. That. I'm just saying that's one you know, successful like, year. That's not a dynasty. That's not a Saban. That's not an Urban Meyer at both Florida and Ohio State. That's not a Dabo. Like there's, there's. I mean, he, his his accolades at Florida State are the same as Myers at Ohio State. He won one uh, title there. Didn't he win? No, I think he won two titles there. Ohio State has only won the championship one time. Unless I'm just complete. No, no, no. They they have it. So he's. I mean, yeah. His. I mean, he was even more impressive than Florida. I mean, we could do a whole show on Florida State, Ohio State over the course. But now I think I would take. Jimbo at Florida State over Meyer at Ohio State, you know, and I, I mean, just for the sustained success. I mean, Jimbo made a New Year's Six Bowl like six years in a row, um, put in, you know, a crap ton of draft picks. But anyway, yeah, like you're right. I, whether or not he has lived up to the billing at Texas A&M, whether or not they think he's worth the money, I, I, I'm not saying whether he's or not, not any a of that. But, but here's my here here was my statement. He's still the best X's and O's coach that you guys will see this year. And there's no doubt about that. Like, there's not like Kirby, not as good at X's and O's. Orgeron, not as good. I mean, he wouldn't call any of the plays last year, you know? So, like, Jimbo is the best X's and O's coach that you guys are going to see this year on the rate, on the schedule, right? Like, obviously, you may see something better in the championship or in the yeah. playoff or something like that. But I mean, I, I don't even know how you would entertain a debate that, that, that Jimbo's not, right? And so, has his team underperformed? They've basically done, honestly, to me, he's he's done what you would expect against the teams that they should beat, and then they've underperformed against everybody that has been better than them, right? Yeah. Well, they've gotten I'm blown just saying, out we're by- the highest paid coach in college football with an unli- unlimited resources for your for your operation there. And the ability to recruit one of the top three states in the country in terms of high school talent, there's very little room for excuses. And taking all of that into consideration, Jimbo Fisher has underperformed at Texas A&M. He absolutely has. He hasn't had a year without five losses yet. I'm just saying for this one game, I think that he's a good X's and O's coach. And that can I think make he's a good weird. X's and O's coach. I'm not prepared to say he is the best X's and O's coach. He... Has on, won a on national. Your schedule? Who who would you say is better than? 
I don't know. I just, I don't think that there's such massive separation. I think there's separation X's and O's coach uh, between Saban and basically everybody else. I personally think Dan Mullen is an incredible game day coach. I don't know if that is what you categorize as an no, X's Mullen's and O's a, coach or not. Mullen's, but. A, Mullen's, a, Mullen's an excellent X's and O's coach, but I mean, look at the rest of the schedule. He's a better X's and O's coach than Muschamp. He's a better than Orgeron. He's better than. Is he a better Northern? Orgeron doesn't call plays, so yes, Orgeron's like so a CEO a type. You have to have called plays to if, count. If, if, yeah, I, so I, if I'm not representing it well, then that's on me. Yes, he's a, he's a better X's and O. Like by X's and O's, I'm talking like play calling. Sorry, that's okay. I, I assume okay. that's what we were kind of going for. Uh, well, Nobody I'm thinking game that plan to, in general. I mean, I don't know if Orgeron's installing the game plan. I know he wasn't last year. I don't really know what the makeup of LSU's is right now, but I know that that was Joe Brady last year, um, who is doing a fantastic job right now uh, for the Panthers, but that's kind of beside the point. Um, so, But Saban doesn't call his own plays. Would you call him a good X's and O's coach? No. He's a good CEO coach. Like like Dabo. Dabo's not a good X's and O's coach. He doesn't call any plays. You know, like he he surrounds himself with excellent talent around him that can do that. Mullen is a good X's and O's coach because he not only surrounds himself with talent, but he also calls plays. So, like, yeah, that's that's the distinct distinction I'm making. I, I'm not even saying that Jimbo's, you know, a better coach than this guy, a better coach than that guy. I'm just saying, like, Jimbo is somebody that I feel confident in, not confident, because like you said, he's definitely been a disappointment. I'm thinking that Jimbo can make things weird because he is a very good X's and O's play calling coach. Like he does not as good of a job as Mullen has, obviously, but he does a good job of putting his guys in the right position to excel, right? Jim Jimbo got Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel drafted first round, right? And so I think that there so, are times that you- Jimbo does a good job of that. And I'm still picking Florida to, to no, win. No, I know. Well, let me ask I'm you a question. I think Jimbo gives Texas A&M. I think Jimbo's more impact, and I'll answer your question. I think Jimbo's more impactful to how well Texas A&M does this weekend than, I mean, than Kelly Mond is. You so know? let me ask or you. Kelly Mond, sorry. If if what we're talking about is just uh, precision and and excellence in play calling. Does it matter if it's the head coach or the or the offensive coordinator? Are you I mean, does it automatically make Texas A&M better than LSU if their head coach is calling the plays versus their OC? I mean, I I don't I I don't know that it matters. I don't know if you can look at Florida's schedule and say Jimbo Fisher is the best Xs and Os play caller on the board. You could say he's the best head coach that does it, but that doesn't mean that there's not an O coordinator that's doing just as well of a job at some of these other programs. Uh, would you ar- argue that Texas A&M was better than LSU last year, even though Jimbo Fisher might be the better X's and O's coach? No, I think, I think Joe, I think Joe Brady. I mean, you also look at the talent that, that LSU sure. had, I think, but I think, yeah, Joe Brady having a lot more talent clearly and Helps, the best quarterback absolutely. in the league. I'm just trying to flesh out to, where this train of thought is here. Yeah. I think Joe Brady last year was a better X's and O's play caller than Jimbo Fisher. If that's what you're asking. Do I think that LSU's new offensive coordinator is better? Probably not. Do I think that Georgia's offensive coordinator is better? Probably not. And then you're looking at like teams like 
Missouri and South Carolina and right, whoever right. else down the schedule. Well, which even if, if they I, have the best play caller in the world, though, the talent gap is so different. That it's so that big. Right. It, and uh, so it's it's a chicken or the egg thing with LSU. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Joe Brady was fantastic. And they probably... Does LSU win the national title last year with or without Joe Brady? I mean, I don't, I don't know. The talent gap was so uh, big, but I, I mean, I, you know, it's so it's kind of hard to say, right? Like, yes, right. Joe Brady was was the results were better last year than Jimbo's, but like, are you telling me if Jimbo was the offensive coordinator last year that LSU doesn't win at all? I mean, come on, you know, I mean, I could have been the offensive coordinator last year, and LSU, you know, <laughs> probably had a pretty good chance of winning. So it's definitely a chicken or the egg thing there. Yeah, and and my whole point is that. I think Jimbo is good at recognizing things, making halftime adjustments, good X's and O's play caller, and that can be an not an advantage, but just because I think Mullen's better right now and has more talent. But I think it's something that can help AM in this game. Yeah. I don't think it's enough to put them over the top or anything, but I think it's something that can help, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think that Texas A&M has the talent. I, I agree that they're well coached. Uh, we might have a different opinion on quite how well coached they are. But, and again, noon game. I think Florida wins. I think we find out a lot more about this Florida team in this game, though, than we did in the previous two. Yeah, for sure. Because this is the closest spread. This is the closest that, you know, it's Vegas be, is kind of telling you it's going team to be that a they good have game. played so far. Um, and one of the challenges on the, if you look at the schedule as a whole, Texas A&M is one of the bigger challenges on the schedule. Yeah. I think it's I'd put them probably, behind Georgia and LSU. Yeah. And, and LSU is kind of a an unknown right now, yeah, just because they're, they're kind of weird. And the credit for the, the fact that, you know, they are historically good, right? Yeah. They're historically think- a challenge. We haven't really talked about this, but I think that Tennessee game could get I know. I, Tennessee the at the end like, of the year is really stressful. I would have rather had them last week like we normally would have. Um, so that's one that could really, really get interesting, especially if, you know, I don't – I mean, Tennessee's going to lose to Georgia this weekend. Um, we didn't put that on the pick but you, would you take Tennessee plus, yeah. plus 13 and a half there? Uh, plus 13 and a half, I think I'd take – if Georgia looks like they looked last week at all, I, I would take Georgia to cover that. Yeah, I, I – I might have a different gonna, answer right, a few dude. weeks down the road because I do think this Tennessee team is improving week in and week out, but not this early. Tennessee's problem is just their schedule every year. To have Alabama on your schedule every single year – and then have to play Georgia and Florida just yeah. makes for a tough, yeah. a tough rotational opponent. Um, you know, not that other teams don't have a tough rotational say, opponent. Not too. that having Auburn, LSU Auburn, as your Georgia. permanent one is. Yeah. Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Florida, there are definitely tough ones uh, out there. But, you know, to have Alabama, right? Like yeah. as yours is yeah. awful, you know, because LSU's yeah. had some, LSU's had some down years, you know, and Georgia and Auburn have had some down years. And, Alabama has no down years over the last decade. Not over the last more. decade, they haven't. Yeah. So, um, a down year for Alabama is dropping a game. Yeah. So when your expectations are like that, and I think they still tougher. won a national title the year that happened because then they lost to Auburn the last game of the year, didn't go to the SEC championship game, and still won a national title. Isn't that how that played out? Or maybe that's is that when they went and played LSU 
and uh, beat LSU for the national title. I don't know. I'm, I mean, yeah, it's happened a couple. It's happened weird a couple of times, right? That was the that was the two thousand. Was that 2009? Something. But yeah, it's happened twice where they've lost the SEC but then gone to the, either the playoff or the championship. Yeah. Um, but Tennessee, I mean, they can end up being a good team. Their schedule is just absolutely murderer's row. They, they're going to lose to Georgia this weekend, and then they, they get Kentucky, and then they're going to lose to Alabama the week after that. Then they have to play A&M and Auburn in back-to-back weeks, and then they get the rivalry with Vandy and then you guys. And so even if they were to, you know – maybe upset Auburn or beat Texas A&M. I mean, they're going to come in that game probably with three, maybe four losses uh, and still maybe be a good team. You know, who knows? I think we'll find out a lot about them. But again, everybody's rankings are a little bit inflated right now. And I know they added the Big Ten back to the the conversation in the AP poll and stuff like that. But some people like aren't putting them in. Like I saw Brevin Murphy's not putting the Big Ten. He's only voting for people that – are there that's why that's why you know it's kind of dumb to me that there's not uniformity with that because then you've got some people voting for ohio state some not and ohio state's sitting at six right now like either just take them out have teams take huge leaps or huge you know fall off the cliffs based on nothing that actually has to do with their own play which is bizarre too field yeah yeah and so you've got north carolina sitting number eight in the country i mean do we really think that north carolina is that a top eight team and Tennessee sitting at number 14. Auburn just got absolutely shellacked by Georgia and they're sitting at 13, which they're, they're notoriously overranked every year anyway. But yeah, do we really think that, that the rank, I mean, the rankings are kind of BS anyway, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think this, this is a, you know, either the second or third toughest game on the schedule, you know, I mean, it's somewhere within there. I mean, we'll see who ends up being better out of LSU and A&M. Um, but yeah, it's, it's right there as kind of the first big test, you know, I will say this, if, you know, I expect A&M's defense to be a little bit better. And if, if Florida's defense doesn't improve, I mean, it's going to be a close game late. Whereas the first two games, big leads teams kind of scored in garbage time to, to cut it and make it look a little closer than it was. Um, but Florida's defense doesn't step up a little bit. I mean, I could see uh, A&M keeping this close late and Florida having to kind of fight one out in the end. Um, I could also see this game turning kind of upside down. I don't think Kellen Mond is very good. I could easily see a scenario where Florida jumps on him. There's a lot of hype in the offseason, though, which I never quite understood, but he has not appeared to be very good so far. Not great. And I mean, it's it's also, you know, it's tough to judge them really, really hard about, you know, after their game with Alabama because Alabama does that to most teams that they play. Right. You know, so, um, but you know they just did not look great. They looked good to start the game, right? Like they weren't they tied yeah. up fourteen all. Well, they missed a field like, goal the first drive too. They would have they would have taken the lead out, out the gate, and they actually missed a field goal on their first drive. So they scored twenty four on Alabama. I mean, they got a lot of possessions because Alabama scored fifty two. Um, but they scored twenty four on Alabama. I think if that if they, I think if Florida can hold them to that score, they'll win. Yeah, if they score another touchdown. So. If it gets up to thirty-one, I think it's going to get, you know, it's going to be anybody's game. But I think if they can hold them to twenty-four again, they're totally fine. Like Florida should not lose that game. Um, Florida State this weekend. How much of the game did you watch? A lot. Um, did you a watch lot. All a lot. It? Uh, most. I won't say every every snap, but I did watch most of this game. And um, 
Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to watch that game and see where Florida State gets four wins. I think that you found a quarterback now. Um, I think that, you know, Travis, I'm interested in the fact that he's not who they went with from the beginning. I would like to know the story behind that. Maybe he doesn't practice well. There's some. Sounds like there were some injury things in digging okay. a little well, bit deeper and, uh, from our you know, from our texts over the weekend. Okay, so that that could be you know an issue. I do again. Players don't always practice the way that they play, which you know could always be a thing too. Um, but I do think that that's a positive that you can take from this game is that uh, you found a quarterback. I also think there's a positive in that clearly this team hasn't given up because they were down you know multiple times. They kept fighting, which obviously it's Jacksonville State, so I feel kind of ridiculous even saying still fighting against Jacksonville State but that's a thing you know teams do quit eventually on on in games where where it looks like this or on seasons where it looks like this and I think it's good that that's clearly not the case as at, at the moment yeah I think there are definite positives to take away um you know the defense came out got a stop on the first drive and then from our own um, 12 yard line, you know, a freshman, true freshman quarterback threw a pick six, um, to let us go down seven, nothing. Then we actually drove down the field a little bit. And like you said, we missed a field goal, uh, and, and they drove down on us pretty quickly. So I think that honestly, your defense is more of a concern than the offense. And I get that, you know, people want to look at points more than anything else, but the fact that JSU had, so many sustained drives on Florida State is not a good thing, not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the box score, we held them to 300 yards, right? So not not like the absolute worst, right? Like 300's a lot, but not really in today's college football. And then I know you but talked about Jack the drives. State. I think if you're saying, you know, we held NC State to 300 yards, that that's a very different statement than we held Jacksonville State to 300 yards. Yeah, I mean, I think we get we had two bad defensive drives, right? We had a drive of 69 yards and a drive of 60 yards. Right. And they didn't score another touchdown outside of those two, right? So, I mean, I get it. I agree. One of those drives was aided by a 15-yard penalty. Mm-hmm. Um which, you know, so I, I'm not pounding my chest over the right. Jacksonville state loss, but we gave up 17 points, two long touchdown drives of 60 and 69 yards, which 60 isn't really that long. You get the ball at the 40, you know, that that's not like a super long drive. And then outside of that, we give up one field goal in the second half. Right. So I don't think the defense was as bad as we're making it out to be. Um, but I still don't think they're good. Right. Like, the defense, I thought the defense outside of the two touchdown drives in the first half, I thought the defense played fine. And so, and and the one touchdown drive that they had came immediately after the turnover when they had just gotten off the field. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, like, oh, wow, we held Jacksonville State to 17 points. But I don't know. That's better than 52 to Miami, you know. So, um uh, the the offense also scored on once Travis came in like one two three four five five consecutive touchdown drives 
Um, I thought that was good. Scored on six of seven again against Jacksonville State, but to start the game, I mean, we just had absolutely nothing going. I also think that if Jordan Travis starts the game, would probably win something like forty-eight to ten, and it's just completely different. Obviously, you can take seven points away off the board. You can take two, three, and outs away. You you know. The offense looked good with him in it. Now, the offense looking good against Jacksonville State is not something that I think is going to just carry us through the rest of the year. But for that to be his first meaningful snaps and first kind of time getting out there, I mean, I'm glad he got the reps. I don't think the read option stuff is going to work as well against Notre Dame because they're just <laughs> ultra talented. Right. But I think it could potentially work against a team like Virginia or a team like Duke or NC State. And I don't, I'm not saying he's going to carry us to wins with it. Um, but I think they will be closer games, right? You know, we, we lost to Georgia tech and that's not a good loss at all, but I mean, we were in the game with Blackman. So if we can just be a little better with Travis and be in every game, you know, that's what matters. What's going to happen. I think the rest of the year is Florida state is going to get, uh, absolutely destroyed by Clemson and Notre Dame. And then I think the rest of the games are all kind of toss-ups, right? Like some games you you have a one in five chance to win, you know, one in three chance to win. And then some games you maybe got a 50-50 chance to win, right? Like, so beating North Carolina is going to be tough. I mean, they honestly should have lost to BC this weekend, but beating North Carolina is going to be tough. But I think you got a 25% chance to win in that, right? Like, so you win one in four against them. Um, NC State's probably like a, a 40% chance, right? So, I think Florida State will win, I don't know, between two and three more games, right? Like probably floor is two, ceiling is three to four more wins. I mean, I, I would think that five is the absolute ceiling. And then it's probably like teetering on two and a half more wins, right? So Florida State's going to finish with plus or minus three, three and a half wins. So either four or three would kind of be my projection. Things kind of break your way, bounce your way, you'll win more. <laughs> Things don't, you'll win less. I think they beat Duke. I think they'll I think they'll beat Virginia. And then it's can they find one more win somewhere? I have no clue if they can or not, but that's kind of how I foresee it going down. Not particularly rosy outlook, but at least you're looking at it realistically. Yeah, not the best. I think that Florida State, um again against Jacksonville State, but I think Florida State showed improvement from the Miami week to this week. And the biggest improvement was when they were down 14 to nothing and then down 21 to 7 and getting punched in the mouth against teams against in previous years, we would have quit. Um yeah. with James Blackman quarterback, we would not have made enough plays to come back against the Jacksonville State. And so the biggest thing to me was Saturday they didn't quit right yeah I know well, the opponent I think that's was terrible takeaway um I just don't it's think it's a massive takeaway because they quit against Miami right like they quit against the biggest rival on the schedule and I know they were severely outmatched but they absolutely quit again I just think it's very rival. difficult to say like we we did a lot better than we did against Miami when the opponents are so incredibly different that I don't know that I really think that there's even a way to like quantify that um I think it I think Florida State has found a quarterback I think that's positive I think that they didn't quit I completely agree with that statement I think that's a positive outside of that I'm not really sure that there is much you can glean from 
whether or not they improved any because I just think there's such a difference in opponent. Now, I think that this weekend against Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame is better than Miami. However, if Florida State puts up a better showing than they did against Miami, they lose, right? They lose this week regardless. But then I would come on here and say, this is a Florida State team that is improved. But it, for me, it's just way too hard to compare the two opponents and decide that there's been improvement. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's tough. You're, you are right. It's tough to gauge a performance against a top 10 team and then an FCS opponent um, and then say there's improvement. I think just by the fact that we had a guy that was hitting open wide receivers and not sailing the ball over them by like 10 yards, right. I, you know, there's an improvement there. Now, whether or not that improvement is because of the opponent know, like certain- is, the, is the issue. Is it because well, of the opponent or air, is it because we got air better? Air mailing passes, I mean, air, I don't know. Air mailing passes to me seems like if the guy is open and you miss him, it doesn't really matter who the opponent is, right? Like if if you just can't. Yeah, but are those guys able to get – I mean, I don't know. How many guys well, got they, wide open against Miami? Yeah, so I'm judging it more on the – I mean, the Miami game was such a wash and I was watching the Stanley Cup anyway because we were getting blown out. I am judging it more on the Georgia Tech game because we were missing wide, wide open guys there. And so I'm I'm looking at the difference between Blackman's quarterback play mm-hmm. and Travis's quarterback play. Again, Georgia Tech's better than than um who do we just play? Jacksonville JMCU. State. Yep. But when you've got guys that are wide open, no matter how they got wide open, whether it was a Georgia Tech guy falling down or there just being a, a difference in talent between Florida State and Jacksonville State, whatever, hitting open guys is something that you you know you have to do. And so we did that. Um better than we did to start the year. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. I think there's slight improvement there. Not quitting is an improvement. A quarterback that can hit an open guy is an improvement. Um, and that's about it. Right. Like it's, it's, there's not enough to be able to tell for sure. And I, and, and I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll know it after this week either, right? Because yeah. well, I the think talent we'll have gap, a better idea though. There is a huge talent gap that coming the up. The talent this gap, weekend. yeah. On this although, is so to much tell you what, too. not on paper. I was reading something the other day that was saying the number of blue chips on Florida State's roster ranks like fourth or fifth in the country, and Notre Dame's behind them. So if you want to look technically at talent, there it is equal to potentially in Florida State's favor in terms of talent on these teams. That doesn't mean developed so talent. Yeah, but. I don't buy that at all. Um, no. I mean, I, I I buy the numbers, right? Like, I'm not saying you're lying on Right, that. no, I understand. Um, I mean, and but, recruiting but has like, a lot of subjectivity just, to it, but... Like you just said, I, I, we could also, we should do, you know, we should do it from both sides and go look at uh, all the mock draft boards and then look at the talent from that side, right? Like, sure. Sure. So, so well, we and listen which to is Josh more to Newberg. do with development than right. anything else, and that is something and, Florida State's been lacking. What, not only development, but what's currently on the roster. Like going back three and four years and seeing what Josh Newberg ranked these guys as four years ago, or three years ago, or two years ago, compared to what the NFL is about sure. to do in April. Uh, you know, uh, so it sounds. And I'm not. You didn't write the article. I'm not 
this isn't a slam at you, but it sounds cute to say that FSU has as much talent, if not more than Notre Dame, but we all have eyes. We all know, right. you know. Well, again, that's the coaching that aspect. Can- that's the development. And that's not on Norvell because this is his first year, clearly. But uh, with the embarrassment of riches that Florida State not only has on their roster, but available to them in the state, you can see what poor coaching has been happening there for the last several years because they haven't won these games. There's zero reason from a talent standpoint that Florida state shouldn't win more ball games. And over the last, you know, several years. Absolutely. I mean, I had a conversation with somebody about this just the other day. Mullen's best two wins are LSU two years ago and Auburn last year. Outside of that, who has Mullen beaten that he wasn't supposed to beat? Well, but that's kind of a hard thing to Ooh. say because how do you when you're fo- supposed to beat ninety percent of who you play? That that's doesn't leave a whole lot. That, yeah, this isn't a slam on Mullen. Michigan, he wins. He wasn't the games. favored to to win he, against Michigan in the bowl game. They did. He he wins the games that he's supposed to win. Absolutely. Right? Like that's that's what I'm saying. Is that's what Florida State's not doing? Right. Right. Is winning the games you're supposed to win. You're going to lose to the Clemsons and you're going to lose to the Notre Dames and you're going to lose to the Georgias and you're going to lose to the Alabamas and you're going to lose to Notre Dame's you know, not even teams. that good though. Like, I mean, they might be this year, but in general, I hate Notre Dame That's even what I'm saying. in that category because, well, yeah, I'm talking about like the teams when you play them, right? right. Like you're going to lose to the teams that are better than you. Um, outside of that, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot, but that's the problem. Like you said, based on the talent on the roster, Mullen beats the teams outside of the Kentucky game, right? And mm-hmm. Missouri, did he lose one time? Well, um, I think, uh, that might have been the first year. You know, outside of those two games, he's beaten everybody he's supposed to, right? Um, and Florida but State again, when hasn't. you're looking at you should win these six, these six are toss-ups versus you should lo- win these 11, this one is a toss-up. That's not really a comparison, right? There's no, one to two not teams. A, this is not a slam on – this is not a slam on Mullen – he wins the games he's supposed to. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, could he do better in the games he's not? Yes, he needs to beat Georgia. Yes, he needs to beat Alabama. Yes, he. But well, I mean, he, that's he not is, even the point. He has not played Alabama. I mean, but he might this year. Yes, he might this year, and, <laughs> and he, he should, needs to beat we'll him to win it if that happens. But I mean, he's one and one against LSU. The year he lost to LSU, or excuse me, two and one, right? Two and one mm-hmm. against LSU. The one he lost is against the team that went on to win the national title, right? He, and then Georgia, Georgia is the Achilles heel. That's, that's it. Those are the, those are the games that you weren't necessarily supposed to win. It's, it's literally Georgia. He's two and one against LSU. It's the three against Georgia. If we're talking about, you know, that's, that is the Achilles heel at the moment. That's the monkey on the back. That is, you know, and I know that that's, that's I know what you're taking you it. from being a good. I know you're taking it this way, but this is not a slam on Mullen. No, no, like, no I understand. Wins, I just don't he wins the games that he's supposed to, and Florida State doesn't. No, I, right? I'm not. I know it's not a slam. I mean, I'm even Willie Taggart's first year when we went five and six or five and seven, Florida State was supposed to win every game on that schedule except for Clemson. Um, Notre Dame and Florida, right? right? Although, you know, we beat the heck out of Florida the year before and the roster didn't really turn over. So, I mean, co- coaching, obviously, was was right. huge there. But um, Willie Tiger was supposed to go 9-3 and three that year because of the embarrassment of riches and the talent that Jimbo had developed on the roster. And we won 
five games. So yeah, that's my point is, yeah, Florida State was kind of supposed to be in the same boat. They should have gone nine and three or 10 and two that year because they were supposed to beat every team on their roster when you when the year started. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's the same thing. Florida State should never lose to an ACC opponent that's not Clemson or Miami. Like that's just the standard. Yeah. Florida should never lose to an SEC opponent that's not LSU, Alabama, or Georgia, right? I mean, they right. should never lose to right. Tennessee or A&M or any well, of these I mean, schools. Not in the, not in the- moment that we're in now. I mean, in, in there was obviously a point in time where Tennessee was the gold standard there in the East. And, there was, I mean, but not we're not the, in that moment now for sure. Yeah. And not for the long haul, right? Like you're going to have slip up games. You're going to have games against, you know, Kentucky or Missouri where you drop one here or there. Or you well, we're drop talking a about college kids. I mean, we're, I mean, there's none of these that's kids. That's just are, college football. That's right. what's going to Jimbo had it against NC State and Jimbo had it against. Yeah. So you're going to look, but like over the long haul, like, we're consistently losing to like bad teams year after year after year. And so that's the problem. I mean, I don't even know where we're at right now, but you know, we're not, I mean, when you have to look at our schedule and say, like, I think Duke's a win. We've never lost to Duke in program history. Right. Right. Um, That's absolutely inexcusable. And so, you know, that's just kind of the state of the program right now. Right. Like that's the, the moment that's the crap that we're in. So, um, so we were texting about this. Wanted to get your take on this, and then we'll get out of here unless you have anything else. But um, what? How do you see? Give me your week six as things stand right now. How do you see the playoffs shaking out as of today? I don't care if you give me four teams, just or um, just or conference. Like, what do you think's in it? Okay, so not UCF uh, probably right. We didn't even no. mention UCF took care of themselves <laughs> this week. So second year in a row Tulsa. losing to Tulsa, Tulsa. who oh. was one and zero going into the game, which is just so. If we could just go ahead and not, I, I don't know if you've paid attention to this on your Twitter. Or I just happen to have so many UCF people on my news feed that I'm the only one that sees it. I don't know, but there was a lot of claiming to be the best team in the state the last few weeks, and I'm pretty sure Dylan Gabriel kind of led that charge himself, UCF's quarterback, but been really quiet the last few days on the timeline. And I got to tell you, I kind of enjoy UCF being out of the picture, you know, week two. What stinks though, is I was really rooting for Memphis so that like, this would be the year that like a group of five got in. Yeah, except it's it was all garbage, to, right? Golly. Um, so yeah, like that was the group of fives one chance. Although I guess Cincinnati's still up there and ranked, right? Like, so that's kind of the the last hope for them. And right. I think they're kind of like the sec where they all kind of cheer for their conferences too. So, Correct. um, well, you know, so, so I guess, Oh, SMU's yeah. Cincinnati's number 11 right now. They're three and O and SMU is, is four and O number 18. Yeah. But SMU, SMU wasn't could, ranked prior to beating be uh, Memphis last week. Right. That was right. It'll be very, very tough for them. Their, their best chance is kind of the scenario we've talked about where like the other conferences cannibalize themselves and right. they're sitting there at 11 and 0 with a couple of ranked wins and you, so you just give it to I, them. I think Clemson, Ohio State, I put an asterisk by Ohio State, not because I don't think that they belong there, but because I'm not confident they get in many games. Um, I'm not confident that the Big Ten in general gets in many games. I think that the um, protocols that they've put in place are so stringent that they're we're going to see more Big Ten games miss than any other conference, uh, in my opinion. But so let's say Ohio State is in there, Ohio State, Clemson, and then I think it's two SEC teams that get in. Um, Oklahoma and Texas were the two hopes for the Big Twelve. I think they've essentially canceled each other out unless somehow Texas 
runs the table from here on out is incredibly impressive and some cannibalization happens in the SEC. So I would say that they would be an outlier. There's really not anybody from the Pac-12. I mean, Oregon may be decent, but really they're not even a factor on my radar at the moment. So I think it's Alabama and either Florida or Georgia. That is the, uh, the second team that gets in from the SEC. Yeah. I can't see a scenario where, um, where anyone else in the SEC has a realistic chance. I Me mean, neither. obviously if, if Tennessee wins out, right? Like, yes, they go. If LSU wins out, they, there are teams they go. that statistically are still in it. There's right. just not teams if, that I think. If Auburn was to win out, they it. would, they, if Auburn was to win out, they would go for sure. But Any yeah, SEC team that has team- one win, I mean, excuse me, one loss in theory is in play for this, chance. for this spot, for sure. I just um, don't think logistic or, or, or realistically it's there's any opportunity for anybody outside of Alabama, then Georgia, then Florida. So I think there's a really good chance that the SEC gets to, but I think there's also, I mean, I think it's probably 50, 50 with the SEC getting two in and truly, truly a coin flip, because I think this scenario still very much exists that every SEC team ends up with two losses outside of whoever the champion is, right? Like the champion ends up with one or none, call that Alabama, call that Florida, call that Georgia, whatever. Mm-hmm. The champion ends up with one or none. But I think there's a really strong chance that, you know, Florida loses to Georgia, but Georgia has two losses. So Florida goes and loses to Alabama. That's their second loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia loses to Alabama, loses to Florida, you know, whatever your scenario is, right? Like there's a million scenarios, but I think that because they all play each other, the chances of an SEC team ending up with two losses is high. I think the outside shot is kind of for Florida to do what Alabama has done a couple of times. And be left lose out. To, lose to Georgia, miss Atlanta, which I made a prediction that Georgia would lose two games and, and that – and still beat Florida, but that be how they make the championship uh-huh. or the, that how Florida it be that Florida go. I don't know that I see two losses on Georgia's schedule. I do think they lose to Alabama next weekend. I don't know that I, I mean, outside of the Florida game, I don't know that I, which that makes the prediction irrelevant because Florida just goes, but I don't know that I see them losing another game, you know, at least at this point in the, in the year, right? Like I think that, they already beat Auburn, which is going to be a tough one. The rest of the schedule doesn't look very daunting. The SEC is, I don't know if you'd call them down as much as like just top heavy this year, but LSU doesn't look the same. AM doesn't look the same. Auburn doesn't look the same. You know, so like I think that they're just kind of top heavy. You've got three really good teams and, you know, great teams in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. I think there's Georgia, a lot more parity than we're used to. Yeah. And so because they're more top heavy, I just, I don't know. I think that if Florida was to lose to Georgia and be sitting at what nine and one, I mean, they're probably in the only scenario that I see them not getting in is a, like you said, a Texas run on the table, maybe a Cincinnati run on the table. I mean, that's kind of an interesting conversation. 11, 11 and 0 Cincinnati. Who's currently sitting in 11, right now and has eight games to go um they could make some noise or, <laughs> ucf would say they'd seen that video before um 
UCF was never like ranked this high this early though. That's kind of going to be their yeah. What makes it tough for them is they were always like at at their second or third game they were sitting around like sixteen seventeen right, right? like they right. weren't yeah but we'll have like to see how the these change 10. when the Big Ten starts playing again and the Pac twelve because that these will shake up. I think they will, but I mean if we look at the Big Ten teams now. Right now, ahead of Cincinnati is Ohio State and Penn State, right? Right behind them in 16th is Wisconsin. Michigan is 20th. Minnesota's 25th. Maybe Wisconsin jumps them, but I don't know that they're jumping Wisconsin over them. So I don't know that the Big Ten really has much impact on it at all. I think that what's going to help Cincinnati, if they keep winning – is that North Carolina's eighth right now? They've got a loss coming pretty soon to Miami. Miami's seventh right now. They got a loss coming pretty soon in right. a couple of days to Clemson. Um, Notre Dame is ahead of them at five. They've got a loss pretty soon coming to Clemson. So it's just like these teams ahead of them, all the teams ahead of them play each other. Ohio State, Penn State play each other. Florida, Georgia play each other. Georgia, Alabama play each other. Clemson, Miami play each other. Cincinnati doesn't play anybody that's ahead of them, right? Could they drop a game? Will they probably drop a game? Yes. Um, Oregon, like you just mentioned, is sitting at 12. I mean, I'll just say this. The Pac-12 is criminally uh, underperforms every year. But if, if, uh, if Oregon is sitting at 12. I love Oregon, though, even though the yeah. Pac-12, I think, is. What is what is the Pac-12 schedule? Is it seven games? Is it eight games that they're playing? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. It's just six games? Oof. That's going to be an interesting conversation. A nine and one Florida that doesn't make the conference championship, but wins every game on their schedule minus Georgia. Who, you know, what do you do? Right? Like, do you put? Can you put a six and zero oh Pac twelve champion in? Or, you know, what's the, what's the, you know, obviously you put an eleven and zero oh or twelve and zero oh Pac twelve champion in, but do you put a six and zero oh one in? I mean, that's kind of going to be interesting. Um, the other scenario that we talked about over the weekend is what do you do? This is an with, interesting scenario. I think I, I don't, I don't foresee it happening, but it's interesting if it did. The one I'm going to bring up yeah, or the, one, the that, one you're about to bring up. So Miami and Notre Dame play each other or don't play each other, but they both play Clemson. Right. And so somebody, they're both going to lose to Clemson. Right. So that's, that's pretty easy. And let's say both losses are fairly close, right. Within 10 or 10 or so points. Um, which you think the Miami one will be around there, right? Like if you've got them covering. So Miami keeps it close against clearly the best team in the country. Um, and then Notre Dame does the same thing, right? Notre Dame loses by three to seven because that game's in South Bend. So that would be close too. one of those teams is going to go to the ACC championship and take another loss to Clemson. And so that team is out. Say it's Miami, right? Like they go to the ACC championship and take a loss. Notre Dame with the brand that they are, and the fact that their only loss was to the number one team in the country, I think they get in over. I think a nine and one or a ten and one Notre Dame with a loss to Clemson gets in over a nine and one Florida with a loss to Georgia, solely because well the two reasons Notre Dame's a bigger brand, and uh, their loss is better. Like a loss to Clemson's marginally, but a loss to Clemson's better than a loss to Georgia, right? Mm, a TBD. Um, Right. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, is Georgia going to be ranked one when you guys play them? 
you know, they'll have to have beaten Alabama by that point. Is Clemson going to be ranked one when when Notre Dame plays them? Probably more likely that that so is the what case. Is the, um, so I think we need to lay a little bit of groundwork here for people listening. Generally, there's divisions in the ACC, right? This year, there is not because of pandemic craziness. So generally, Miami and Clemson are in the same division. So this scenario would never be happen would would never be able no. to happen in any other year. They're um, not. No, Fl- s- Miami and Clemson are in opposite divisions. So, typically. oh, Miami and Clemson are in opposite divisions. Why did I? Correct. No, Florida, are you sure? Florida State and Clemson are in the same division. Okay, I could have sworn I looked that up, and that was. But regardless, this is a unique scenario where the ACC is taking the top two records. What is the the um, tiebreaker if there's teams, multiple teams with the same record? And and they don't play each other head to head, so you can't do a head to head. So it's their result against the common opponent, which would both be a loss to Notre Dame. And so then, then do I you believe look it at moves. the scores. Which, by the way, the Atlantic. No, no uh, because the the transit. I'm glad that they don't have the transitive property as part of it. What so I've what been able it? to gather is that it's either going to be based on strength of schedule or their ranking in the in the play in the polls. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, um, which I which, mean, that's that's what I think that's like the third or fourth tiebreaker for the SEC in in normal years, um, right? And so it would usually be your record, then your head to head, then it moves down to like like I said, strength of schedule, record against common opponents. Um, so I mean, obviously, there's a few things they can go to there. So it's tough to know exactly what that would end up being. I think Miami will probably drop a game to somebody they shouldn't and so this situation won't end up being relevant because it'll just end up being Notre Dame taking both losses um but it does present an interesting scenario Miami if Miami wins every game they're a favorite as and Notre Dame wins every game they're a favorite as I think there's a good chance that one of them could get in um you know based on also based on the fact that I really expect you know, I mean, Florida's best friend in this is is going to be, uh, in my opinion, I know that well, we'll play anybody anytime, anywhere, you know, like the old Bowden saying and stuff like that. I think Florida's best friend in this is going to be not making the SEC championship if you right. want to make the playoff. Um, right. I, because I'll tell you this, it has never happened before, but – if I offered you these two scenarios, right? I know you're going to always just take beating Georgia, right? Like, so maybe it's not even good to offer this, but I think the scenarios are you go nine and one, lose to Georgia and have a shot at the playoff, or you go 10 and zero, lose to Alabama and you're out of the playoff. Like there, there has never in the seven years, a team has never lost the SEC championship or I'm sorry, any championship game and then gone in because of the recency bias with, the playoff committee, they see the loss in the last week. And no matter how good you were, they don't say like, Oh, well, they were so good all year. If you lose that conference, it is a deal breaker. They will take, I mean, they will take the 10 and one Miami at that point. They'll take the 10 and one Notre Dame at that point. So um, I think they'll take the 11 and 0 Cincinnati at that point. So again, I know you're never going to say like, well, then I hope we lose to Georgia and and then get in the playoff kind of backdoor in it. Obviously you just want to go to the sec and have your chances against Alabama. But to me, that's the way that Florida would make it. 
I'm not picking Florida to beat Georgia at this point, so I'm certainly not be, picking them to beat Alabama. Um, sure. Things change, and, and maybe in sure. December I will. But I'm not – you know, that would be the way that Florida backs in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's there's a lot of scenarios right now. I think the most likely, again, involves two SECs at this moment. I think that uh, Big 12 has kind of all but eliminated themselves, like we already said. But there's a lot of possibilities for – basically the fourth spot, right? I think that there's, I think for the most part, we can already say who is probably going to be the three, three of the four spots. At the very least, we can say two of the three spots, unless we got something wild happening. Um, But we've been able to say these spots for the last couple of years. So I feel like we can say with, you know, some amount of certainty what is going to happen. But you know, I think you can get even. I think you need even more granular and just say the SEC champion, Big Ten champion, and ACC champion are in. Sure, right. Sure. No matter who those teams are, right, they're in. Like that's yeah. just what's going to yeah. happen. And so then the wild card is: is it a second SEC team? Is it a second ACC team? Is it a group of five? I those in my mind are the three most realistic. From there, I think you get another big. You get a Big Twelve team, and then after that, a Pac twelve team. I think that's the way that I would rank the probability. Who of- are you putting in? A six and O Oregon or a six and O Oregon, seven and O Oregon, because they will win their conference championship. A seven and O Oregon or a ten and one Texas. Ten and one Texas. No? Yep. Pac twelve is hot garbage. I mean, so is the Big Twelve. Let's not kid ourselves. I don't know. I think you that know, it's but- I, I- <laughs> I don't know. I will um, have seen more from Texas. Texas's loss will have been the second game of the season. They would have had to show some major improvement. They more than likely, uh, you know, well, they will not more than likely. They will have won their conference championship. I, I think I would put Texas. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But I think it becomes an interesting Butters conversation. Voters seem to love Oregon, though. So when a team wins everything that's in front of them, yeah, yeah. you know, what do you, uh, how do you hold it against them? I think that. Um, I don't know. Ask let me look staff. at this. Ooh, yikes. Um, AP poll football. Where is Texas right now in comparison to Oregon? I think that matters a lot too, right? Um, Which is why it's so ridiculous that we have polls this early. Texas is 22. Oregon's 12. So, I mean, a 7-0 Oregon yeah, might do it. What you know? is Texas by the time Oregon even starts playing? Um, Texas does not play Texas plays one team that is ranked ahead of them. So I don't know. Yeah, but they can I mean, move up what happens around them too. Yeah, but how much are they gonna move up a team that's not playing just based on teams above them losing? Mm, I don't know. You know, I I'm, think that if I'm a voter I mean, at the very week, least, I'm making sure I kind of if I think Oregon's twelve, I'm kind of figuring out a way to keep Oregon at twelve, even if one's I mean, ahead what? of them are losing. Last week, Oregon was at 14 and moved yeah. up two spots. So well, that's I don't, a, I don't, there's a lot of idiotic voters out there, but <laughs> I just, it's hard for me to move up, up a team that we haven't seen anything for. If I, if I think that this is about the area where they are, I can understand ranking them, but I, I don't think I can justify moving them. But I think that Texas is a team that could benefit from the teams ahead of them. Like, let's say Texas is 16. By the time Oregon starts playing, I don't know that I think that's a big enough gap to really cause massive problems down the road. Um, no. But, you know, we'll see. 
This is my favorite part of the show every week is just talking about the playoff scenarios and all this crap. It always works itself out really always. clearly. Like right. it never, it never ends up being every as controversial. Every year, it, it, it like one it year out of like seven, it's been right. like, oh, I well, don't know about to, this team. But and are like, we really going to, does the fifth team really have that big of an argument? That they belong they in. You know, that's bit. my yeah, thing. Like, I mean, you can have a legitimate argument and that's fine, but you can't tell me if you're sitting in this fifth spot, odds are you're not undefeated. You're, you're for sure not undefeated in a power five. Um, it, it's just hard to justify really, truly, you know, that you got screwed. Well, it's, it's, you may justify the fact that you deserve to be in the playoff, but being in the playoff is different than deserving to compete for a national championship. Sure. Right? Sure. And so that's why two was perfect and we didn't need right. four. Right. Um, well, my and, thought, and honestly, the BCS thought, worked, even though everybody yeah, decided they hated worked. it. It it worked. Yeah. I mean, the BCS was great to our teams. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys went to the BCS championship twice. We went four times. Miami went twice, right? Like BCS was great to the big three. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I had no issues with the BCS at all. I would be a big fan of um, bringing back the BCS, it being two teams, and if there's an undefeated team outside of that, then two and three go to a playoff and and get sure. to play number one, right? Like if there were three 13-0 teams, they should all get to play, maybe round robin it, whatever. So, all right. So we'll bring back the BCS on next week's show. There you go. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. For I alleged that there was a formula. Okay. I, 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 I think I'm more comfortable with computer system than I am with, um, subjectivity, but I guess. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's nothing to measure it against. Correct. Like it's and, just, is it eye test? Is it resume? Is what And everybody has a little bit is? of a different thing. We talked about this a lot last season and I'm sure towards the end of this season, we'll get on it again, but like how you vote, uh, recency bias plays in there. It's just, uh, there's, there's so many factors that are so subjective that makes having a panel controversial. But again, yeah, it, I, I think nine times of- out of 10, we can say it gets it right, even though it is more controversial. Yeah. Is it body of work over the whole season? Is it how you look recently? Like, right. um, you know, is it Florida? If Florida would have lost to South Carolina l- last week or Ole Miss or whatever, where you're like a three touchdown, you know, 17, 18 point favorite, they should be, they would be out in the BCS because the BCS right. doesn't consider like, oh, it was week two, but the right. college that football playoff factor. would say, the oh, crazy thing is, so, yeah, Florida, if Florida lost to South Carolina last week, one out, so beat Georgia, goes to the SEC championship game, you know, it they look better than a Florida team that goes undefeated and wins the SEC and excuse me, loses the SEC championship game than a than a Florida team that lost it to South Carolina, but then won the SEC Agree championship with that game. Completely, and and that's, dumb. that's dumb. Right. That's dumb. The Florida team that lost the SEC championship game but ran the table in the regular season should be the more attractive pick than the team that lost against a three touchdown favorite. Um but you know here we are. Yeah, and they, so. they, you know, they. That was kind of the problem with the Florida State fans had. They kept saying like, "Well, they don't have a good loss. They don't have a good loss. They have no losses." Right in twenty fourteen, right. there were no. I mean, what do you mean good loss? Like, and I even just brought it up because that's what college football is now. I just said, "Oh, Notre Dame will have a better loss than Florida will." I mean, you're still losers. Like, if that's what you're right. debating is who has the better loss, then you don't really have a legit right. argument for being none there. of you deserve to be in it. But Make however, it to Alabama the only time go. that I think that that 
in any way factors in to me is that it's very hard for me to say, let's say when Alabama lost to Auburn last game of the season, they ended up going on and winning the national title. But it's very hard for you to tell me that that Alabama team doesn't deserve to be there over an undefeated UCF, but UCF didn't lose a game. So they belong at that point. I test means something, you know, and I agree their loss would have been to a better team than any of UCF's wins, which is where you kind of get the term better loss from. Um, and I understand the the argument of you just play the teams that are on your schedule. And so for, for UCF, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place um, because how do they get over that hump, especially when these other Power 5 teams honestly won't sign up to play them because there's no benefit for it. If they lose, their season's over. If they win, people are like, oh, you beat UCF. Who cares? Um, so well, I'll tell you who's not scared of them. Tulsa. Tulsa. Oh. Two years in a row, baby. And Tulsa <laughs> lost the week before, but I digress. Let's uh let's talk Heisman for one second and then let's get out of here. Uh did you see the uh, well you sent me the odds for Heisman for Trask. I thought you sent me that, but either oh, way, I got I, I got no, Trevor. I, oh, Lawrence maybe I did. I don't know. We should, oh, we should do yeah, a show I did. bet. I sent it to you. We should so, do a show bet between Trevor Lawrence and Trask, and uh, the loser I mean, has to watch the other person's kids for like well, a date out. First of all, that's silly because <laughs> I think Trevor Lawrence is going to win the Heisman. So this, but the fact that Trask has the second best odds in the country currently to win the Heisman, Mel Kiper just released his top five for quarterbacks. He's got Kyle Trask listed as the fourth best available quarterback on the board currently. Obviously, it is very early, way too early to be discussing these kind of things. But I just think it's wild. This is a kid who hasn't started a game since he was in eighth grade. He sat behind Derek King in high school, who is now at Miami, but was at Houston last year. Um, and their team, I think they won four state titles in a row. And they were so good that uh, King was done for the day by halftime, most games. So Trask was getting in a whole half of football every single week for you know four years or whatever. Did really re- well in camps, which is how Florida found him. But this is a two-star guy who hasn't started a game. And since, I mean, literally since eighth grade, I just think it's wild to even be mentioned, let alone in the top five for the NFL board in, you know, the, the second best odds to win the Heisman. Like what a freaking story. It's an incredible story. And he will be judged this year, the same way Mullen will be on what happens in Jacksonville. They'll either build him a statue next to the other ones, or he'll be like, he was a good quarterback, you know, like he was, um, you know, so like it's, it's kind of all ride or die. He's going to win every other game on the schedule. If he doesn't, it's a big issue. And so he'll be judged based on what happens there. Florida's never had. Go ahead. I was going to say Florida's never had an undefeated season. You know, can yeah. he be the one to do that? You they, know, um, so. He has 10 touchdowns so far in the season. I was looking at the past decade. There's multiple years where whoever the starting quarterback was had 10 touchdowns on the year. So, you know, he's his numbers are incredible. Mullen has a really good system. So I don't know that you 100% credit that to Trask because as you and I have both talked about with each other on and off the air, Mullen creates a system for success for his quarterbacks. That's one of his things. Um, But hell, I'm pumped to be talking about it week two. I would rather have your problems than mine. So it's all, it all kind of comes and goes, but I just kind of remember on the good times and try and forget what's going on today. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but if he could, I mean, hopefully if, if Florida fans are listening, they got Trask it like when he was at terrible odds, right? Right. 
plus fifteen hundred. Yeah. Not because like now's a bad time to get him. Right. Like Vegas is Vegas is screwing you if you're getting him now. So right. uh, so don't place. Also, don't place Heidsman odds because they're just like a money suck. Like for the same kind of money, just bet on your team to win or lose or whatever and move on. So anyway, all right, that's all I got for this week. Me too. Enjoy this week and uh, we'll see you next week. 